the Free Speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Mintz and Joseph Nardone. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Nardone, joined as always as my partner in crime, Jared Mintz. Say hi to everybody, Jared. Hi to everybody, Jared. It worries me and it makes me wonder if our listeners get worried when you leave the show off. Or maybe they get excited and think maybe we have a special co-host and it's not Jared today. Were you guys thinking that? Vote in the poll. Yes, I was thinking that. No, I was not thinking that. Mario, put it on the poll. Well, <laughs> basically what it comes down to is I just said right before the podcast, can I lead off the show? And uh, I, here we are. And I obliged. And it was crazy. I don't know what I was thinking. 40 seconds in, this thing is already off the rails. We're not even 40 seconds in. We're not even like 30 seconds in. But Well, the best we are- part is to let everybody behind the green curtain is Jared goes, because we have a, we're leading off with a segment, and he goes, are you going to lead that off too? I go, no, I'm immediately passing it back to you, carrying the show. <laughs> yeah, good hustle, man. You, you did a nice job in that opening. I'm like befuddled. I don't even know what to do now. I'm like, so do I start the segment, or do we do we well, BS? Well, I, want, because- I, just, I only want to do it because I want to do the what you do to me is say hi to everybody, Jared. And that's you, not even what I do, and that was the point I was just going to make. I put you in a position to talk about things that you'd be comfortable speaking about. Oh, speak, like, no, Jared, actually. How was your Friday? How was my Friday? <laughs> you're you're just not good at this. So I'll be like, yeah, so we'll, we'll be talking, and I'll be buttering Joe up before we start recording. I'll be asking him questions, what's going on. Usually I don't even ask him. It's like unprompted. He tells me a story, and I'm like, Yeah, but we have no pre-podcast foreplay today. We jumped right into it. <laughs> So I had nothing to really, and the only thing we talked about I really didn't think was appropriate for me to be asking you about on air. Well, I think it's really funny that you referred to this as foreplay, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess we should start talking about sports on that. Sports. Uh, we're we're going to start today's show with some uh, That Don't Look Good, so Mario, get back to work. <laughs> it might not be a fault, but maybe it is. Yeah, it's all right and we're back i think we need to retire mario because it's just corny i don't think anybody ever laughs finds it funny (laughs) interesting anything except for us which listen we're okay with 95 percent of the stuff we're doing just being funny to us we've made that clear for i don't know what are we in like 10 months of doing this podcast now maybe even more so all right mario you're done anyway you heard that that don't look good music, so that means we're going to talk about some stuff that doesn't look good. And how else should we start off this show? But going back to Monday's show, when we praised a certain team because I said, all I do is bury this team. I got to give them praise when they do it, when they do some praise. Well, they're no longer do any praise, and we're talking about the New York Knicks. We're not even talking about the Knicks losing to the, the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday night by 32 points. What we're talking about instead are comments made by... President Phil Jackson. These comments came out actually prior to Wednesday's game against the Cavs, and they were made to CBS Sports. Uh, apparently, Phil Jackson was being asked about his superstar Carmelo Anthony and how he fits into the triangle offense. And essentially, what he said was, "Carmelo a lot of times wants to hold the ball longer than we have a rule. If you hold the pass two seconds, you benefit the defense." Anyway, long story short, Phil Jackson was talking about Melo. I don't want to say being a ball hog because he didn't use those words, but he was. It's really insinuating that Carmelo Anthony's a ball hog. Uh, the result of that in the 32-point blowout was Carmelo Anthony taking a whopping nine field goal attempts. Melo was pretty frustrated on Twitter on Thursday, and uh, clearly just things aren't great in Nickland. Listen, 
it'd be okay if they got blown out by the Cavs. It's not okay the way it went down with Carmelo not even wanting to take shots and him clearly being frustrated after the loss. Joe, why doesn't this look good to you? Uh, well, there's a bunch of things here. Um, <clears throat> I think Melo's third on the team uh, as far as ball in hand time. I believe Derrick Rose and... I'm going to blank on the other person's ahead of him in that category. It wouldn't shock me if it's Porzingis. It's not. It's somebody else. Like, somebody stupid. Like, somebody you, you, you wouldn't think of. Like, Rose makes sense. It's somebody that you wouldn't think of. Which right. makes me think, one, Phil Jackson just hanging on to narratives that... Like, yeah, there, there's there's some of that's rooted in truth. Obviously, Melo's known as a ball stopper. But uh, he's not paying attention to games that are being played now. <clears throat> and it seems like the only time he ever talks about Melo, it's like negative stuff. It's like you're his, like you're supposed to be in his corner. You know what I mean? Like he's your superstar, and uh, like why, why are you telling CBS Sports this? Like if you if you honestly think this, why don't you just go to Melo? Like why are you going to CBS Sports? This is something he does all the time. Like <clears throat> he goes out of his way to go to the media to talk about his players. Just just go to the, like be a man. Go to another man. Be like hey Melo. Got some data here that says that you do this. But the problem is he doesn't have any of the data because he's 90,000 years old and he has no idea what's going on anymore. Yeah, <laughs> again, you know, the, the comments weren't exactly calling Mello a ball hog, so maybe it, it was taken a little bit out of context. He said he but, holds the ball too long. Right, right, he did. He, what he didn't say, what he said wasn't good. I'm, I'm not letting Phil off the hook here. I'm just saying, you know, a lot of the headlines we've seen over the last 48 hours or so have been Phil calls Mello ball hog. You know, my, my, my column. And I, I don't think that's necessarily fair. But again, I, I am saying that Phil didn't do anything good and has kind of, like, like what you just said, he's been railing on Carmelo for the most part. And we know that this is what Phil does in the media. He does it to, you know, get the most out of his players and to motivate them. But, you know, th- this is different. This, this isn't a championship team that needs a fire lit under them. These are a bunch of guys that are struggling to make the playoffs playing the best basketball they've played while you've been in charge of the team. Clearly, this is the best stretch of Knicks basketball. I mean, they were three games over 500 or something like that. Holy holy heck, when are the Knicks ever that good? And here comes Phil Jackson saying something that, you know, you don't know if it's going to ruin chemistry or what it's going to do, but the Knicks looked really bad after those comments, and Carmelo looked pretty pissed off about it on Thursday, where he was he was asked, you know, what he thought about what Phil said, and he responded, I don't even want to answer those questions I don't even know what he, what was said, to be honest with you. I just don't even want to talk about that, what he's talking about exactly. I want to stay away from that at, at this point. So clearly it's bringing a negative attention to, to the Knicks, who just don't need negative attention. And, you know, this could be like a, a an 0 for 2 type of situation or a 2-strike situation for Phil, where you look at how LeBron took off against the Knicks last night. And listen, like, LeBron's great. He's one of the best players in NBA history. You're not going to say, oh, well, he went for a... Uh, you know, he went for 25 and 7 and 6 because Phil Jackson, you know, made his posse comments. But at the same time, like, LeBron's goofing on the bench, trolling the Knicks, after, you know, once the game is oh, over. Oh, clearly. That, it, was, it was totally a move of purpose, disrespect towards Phil Jackson. Not necessarily the Knicks, but the Phil Jackson Knicks. Right. And, you know, I, I saw people getting really upset with LeBron. I'm not going to talk about that today. I wonder how many people thought that would be our that don't look good. I don't even care. You're beating a team by 32 points, and the the GM or the president of the team went out of his way to make you know disparaging remarks about you. Do what you got to do, LeBron. This is your league. It's not Phil Jackson's league. It's just Phil. Well, wait, what himself. were people saying? Why, why were people mad about LeBron? I saw a lot of people today upset about. No, how no, I'm asking. I wasn't on Twitter. I'm asking out of curiosity. 
That's fair. He was, uh, I don't know, because they thought it was unprofessional of him to be playing games on the bench. And oh, to, yeah. I, said, I mean, listen, the guy flipped a water bottle that landed on the court. I, I don't know if the game was live or not when it happened. The way LeBron dove after the, the water bottle made me believe that the game was actively <laughs> taking place. And I, I saw the highlight of that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, listen, you know, and he, here's what somebody approached me with today, that if it was Carmelo Anthony doing it at the end of a game, at the end of a blowout, he'd get crushed by the media for it. I get it. Everybody should show the same kind of professionalism. LeBron James is the defending NBA champion. The Cavs are the defending NBA champions. They're crushing a team in December. I don't really care if they're having fun on the bench. You know? This isn't socialism. Nobody's ever treated the same. <laughs> so people stop acting like if the sixth center on Vanderbilt did it, you know what I mean? He should be get yeah. treated the same way as LeBron. Like, chill, man. It's LeBron James. Like, he gets a little bit of different treatment than Melo. Right. You know but, I mean? but any... Yeah, I, I, I just, this isn't about that at all. Uh, this is just, Phil, like, Phil, you keep putting yourself in a position to be embarrassed. The Knicks have very little to feel great about. You know, I, I don't know why he would do this again. And it's well, just, not to mention, like, if you look, like, I, I think we talked about this on Monday. Like, so their four wins before a loss to Cleveland was against the Heat, who might be taking the Kings who stink at two Timberwolves games. So, like, he should have be re- been using this platform to revel in his team's success because it might not be there that much longer. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm just saying like, don't use the success to belittle publicly. Like, uh, and I know what, like what he's trying to say, but he's wrong. That's part of the issue. Like all he's trying to do is that whole Zen master of Bologna, uh, going through the media to reach his star instead of, you know, just being a normal person be like, Hey, Melo, I think you hold the ball too much, but it also hurts that he's wrong. That there's two other guys on the team that hold the ball longer. Right. It just didn't look like the best way to go about motivating Carmelo Anthony, who, you know, might be declining slightly. He is getting older. His efficiency numbers are dropping, but it's still probably the best player on this team. It's just, you know where your bread is buttered. I don't understand, you know, what the point of of making these kind of comments is. It's not going to make him play any differently. It's going to make him resent you. And it appears that that's already taking place. So way to go, Knicks. At least things were good for half of a week or so. Hey, you got, uh, the well, King, you got the Kings tomorrow night, so, or fr- Friday night, so good for you. Right, here's the thing. is that The Knicks now go on a West Coast trip where they wind up playing, I think they get the Kings, the Lakers, the Suns, uh, Golden State, and I, I can't remember who the fifth team is. I mean, listen, it, it's going to be tough going on the, on this West Coast trip. Derrick Rose isn't looking all that healthy. He actually had an MRI on his back uh, on Thursday, so that, that doesn't leave a whole lot to feel good about, but... The Knicks have some winnable games coming up, and it's going to be interesting to see how they respond after getting crushed like that at Madison Square Garden. But the Knicks weren't the only team that got crushed on Wednesday night, as the second game of the ESPN doubleheader was the Washington, Washington, yeah, the Golden State Warriors, (laughs) speaking of super teams, the Golden State Warriors taking on the Los Angeles Clippers, who have gotten off to an amazing start, and uh, yeah, the Clippers got got their, their butts beaten pretty bad, didn't look good on their behalf. But why don't we not talk about the Clippers right now and instead visit our AMAs to, to go a little bit more in-depth with, with the Clippers. So, Joe, why don't you hit this new award-winning music? Fake Sina, Sina
Okay, do you want to be the first um, AMA or do you want me to? We, what are you doing, we, we, we did no pre-planning nope. of these. I'll go first. So sure. this is from at Nick underscore Zav, Z-A-V. He's a human. Um, do you think Chris Paul ever wins a championship in such a crowded, competitive conference? So, I mean, it, it's hard. I can really only answer this one year at a time. And this year, no, I don't think the Clippers win the championship because, hello, have you watched the Golden State Warriors? They're just ridiculous. Um, I, I mean, it's kind of as simple as that for me. I I think the West is a little less crazy this year than it's been the last few years. And I, I think the Clippers are as good as anybody not named Golden State. But the, the Warriors are just bullies. And, I mean, it's feasible they haven't even, like, reached anything near their peak. Like, their five-man unit with Durant and, and Andre Iguodala out there is, like, the best five-man unit in basketball this year. So, no, I don't I don't think Chris Paul can ever win a championship in that conference. Joe, what do you think? I'm with you. I don't want to bleed into the second AMA. But, yeah, like, given where he's at, I think the Clippers are really, really, really good. I like a lot of their players. I thought Mo Spates' uh, quote the other day was pretty interesting. But, um no, and it's through no fault of his, his or Blake Griffin's or J.J. Reddick's or Doc Rivers. It's just, you know, Golden State's super-duper awesome, and the Clippers just happen to be super awesome. I'm glad that you brought up the Maurice Spates quote, and obviously I don't have it in front of me, but essentially what he alluded to was that the Clippers just need, they need to change things up, that they've been doing things so similar for the past few years, and sure, it's working, but it's not getting them over the hump. And I think that's a good good time to go into the next question, which was from uh, at Grab the Points. It was also Clippers related. He asks, "At what point do the Clippers consider getting something for CP3 and Blake Griffin before they leave in seven months? Meaning both Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are going to be free agents this upcoming summer, both unrestricted, I believe. And I mean, listen, there's there's a chance they could walk. So, Joe, what what do you think? Should the Clippers hold tight? I mean. It, it, like, almost feels ridiculous asking this question because it's like, well, they're, like, the second or third best team in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, I guess they should probably keep two top ten players. But, I mean, realistically, if they can't get past the Warriors, should they break the, should they break these guys up and get something while they can? Well, like, here's the thing. Like, if the Warriors were aging, I would say, yeah. Like, if you're like, okay, let's go and rebuild mode now so when those younger guys hit their prime we're going to be able to overtake Golden State, but Golden State's still young. So, like, you're just trading for other young players that aren't going to be as good as Golden State for another seven or eight years. Like, provided Golden State doesn't, like, blow up. You know what I mean? Like, the, right. like the team doesn't just, like, guys don't go elsewhere. So, no, I, I, I see you ride it out. Like, I just say, like, so say you trade both guys and you get a bunch of lottery picks and some young players – and pretend they're all hits, right? They're all super awesome young guys. They're all Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Anthony Davises, and whoever else. You know what I mean? Guess what? Still not going to be Golden State for five years. Right. And that, that's a crazy thing, too, is, like, you can't even be like, well, stay put, and maybe if one of their guys gets hurt, you know, then you stand a great chance. I'm watching this team, this Warriors team, and it's like, KD sits and you're still able to put out Clay and Steph together. <laughs> Clay had 60 and, points in like 19 seconds the other day. Yeah, Clay was just ridiculous on Monday night. Uh, like, unreal. Unlike anything we've seen. He had 11 um, dribbles. Uh, 11 dribbles to score 60 points. That, too, was my favorite stat. It is my favorite stat. Dribbles. That's just ridiculous. Not, not to turn this into a Warriors segment, though. This, this was supposed yeah, to be I'm sorry. Clippers. No, but I mean, listen, it's, it's fair. We're talking about a team and their future and their outlook. And they're so close to being at the top that, like, 
you just have to look around at everything else that's challenging them and wonder what's the best move for them. How much better is it going to get for the Clippers, though, if they get rid of Chris Paul and Blake Griffin? I mean, even if you lose Chris Paul in the offseason and you have Blake Griffin to try and build a team around, so you have Blake, you have DeAndre Jordan, and you have J.J. Redick for at least another year together. I mean, that, that's as good of a core as the Clippers have ever had. We're not talking about an organization or a franchise that's like has all this historical success and you know that the GM is competent. I mean, listen, Doc Rivers has been saved by having Chris Paul on this team because he's made so many awful decisions mm-hmm. since he's taken over the GM role. I just, I, I feel like you definitely have to stay put and you have to keep. But like, what are you, what are you going to even get for them? Like, seriously, right. like, like, say you trade Chris Paul. Guess who's going to want Chris Paul? Somebody that's close. So you know what that means when you get what you're getting back? Like a middle to late first round draft pick and maybe some dudes. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, well, it would have to. I'd imagine it have to be a multi team deal so they could actually get back something that has value. I just, I, I don't, I don't see what it is. I don't see how they do it. They might have to do like what Miami did a couple years ago when they traded for Goran Dragic and give up two first round picks. I mean, I just, I, I don't understand. Like, what well, I don't, I don't understand what the, you know, the, the thought process here is for them. Like, what, what do you do? What do you get back that gives you any kind of value? Because you're not in a position where you're going clean slate and you're completely rebuilding. And if you're trading one of these guys, if you're trading Blake, like in the offseason, we were looking at should the Clippers trade Blake because they won, you know, 55 games last year when he missed the majority of the season. They played fine without him. J.J. Reddick stepped up. DeAndre Jordan stepped up. Chris Paul's an MVP-level player. If you're trading Blake Griffin, are you better than getting a, you know, a Jay Crowder and an Avery Bradley or some kind of package like that? I just I don't see it. I don't I don't see what they could do to to put themselves in a position that will get them to where they are right now at any point in the immediate future. So I think you just got to hang tight and four of their five starters are nine like ninety percent of the league would love to have four of their five starters be their starters. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like on the same roster, like Blake Griffin, DeAndre Gordon, Chris Paul, and JJ Redick is a really good four out of five. Like I don't know why you want to like people want like it's the whole the grass isn't always greener on the other side like. Be careful what you wish for. Say you blow up this team, guess what? You stink for another 10 years. Right, right. That's the thing. Is what, what's the point? I mean, listen, unless you know Chris Paul's leaving and you know Blake is leaving too, unless you know you're losing these guys, sure, but they're going to be in competition for the, the Western Conference, like probably not the top seed, but they're going to be in competition to take the Western Conference all season. I, I just, I don't, I don't get the point in, in being so afraid of the Warriors that you have to get rid of your top guys. I but, and then, good, and it goes back to my like, say you hit, um, you get all these great assets and you hit on them all. Guess what? You're still not winning for seven years. Right. And then that doesn't mean, and in the seven years, those guys might go elsewhere themselves because their contracts will be up. Like, Correct. You, you're, you want to blow up a team to build for like seven years down the road. And that's kind of funny. Right, and you're no, not. I'm, doing not, that I'm not making fun of the guy that's asking the question. His question. I'm just going into the theoreticals here. You know what no, I mean? It's, it's a valid question, and listen, a lot of people have wondered it. And I think if the Clippers got off to a worse start, it might be you know something that that might be more considerable. But really, you still have Chris Paul, you have Blake Griffin, and you got these guys around them. I mean, JJ Redick's been shooting like between 45 and 50 percent from three for the last year and a half. He he's a great role player with them. DeAndre Jordan was first team All NBA. This is the best position this team's going to be in to win. So, yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Let's, let's get on to our last question, which was asked asked <laughs> by at 14, 14 Team Mocker. <laughs> 14 Team Mocker, who's a great fantasy football writer. If you're not following him, you definitely should. He asks, am I allowed to believe the NBA is fixed to get big market teams against each other in six, seven game series? Joe, what, what do you think about this one? You, this is a pretty good conspiracy question. You go first. 
<laughs> yeah, of course you're allowed to believe it. I mean, you know, I think it, it was feasible last season when you saw Draymond Green not get suspended uh, in that, that Thunder series to help the Warriors come back. Sure, I, I think, of course, you're allowed to believe it. Now, you know, going, again, looking at just last year, I don't know that it's crazy to think, like, well, why would they not want Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook in the finals? I know the Warriors are a great story, but, like, the NBA can't lose getting Oklahoma City in there instead of Golden State. It's still going to be huge. And the NBA is a star-driven league more than anything. But at the same time, you know they don't want small market cities playing for the finals. Like, you just know it. Listen, you can believe whatever you want. I believe one day Christina Ricci is going to go on a date with me. I'm also going to be abducted by aliens and they're going to fix all my wrongs in my body. There he is. So, like, I mean, you can believe whatever you want. Do I think games are fixed? No, I don't. I don't think they're fixed at all. I think the amount of people that would need to be in on it is so absurd that we would know. Like, yeah, you, you you want to be able to keep that many people quiet because the moment a referee retires or quits or gets fired, guess who we want to write a book? And I understand the whole Tim Donahue thing for a couple right. years back. There hasn't been a big follow up to that either. You know, I mean, outside of him. So well, I think uh, that's the thing that gets people thinking about it is if Tim Donaghy did it and he said all the things he was saying, like like you look at you look at baseball and you look at Jose Canseco and you didn't want to believe Jose Canseco at first. And then it was sort of like a usual suspect situation where everything was starting to add up and you're like, oh, man, Jose Canseco was telling us the truth the whole time. I think that it's reasonable for a portion of people to be out there thinking Tim Donaghy's probably telling the truth. This stuff probably happened. And there are probably other guys who are doing stuff that Tim Donaghy was doing. I agree with what you're saying, and I'm not, I'm not even trying to make the other point. I guess I'm just being contrarian here. Well, I think there could be rogue reps, like a like a rogue referee. I just don't think like that's different, right? That's different from the NBA. That's different. Yeah, from Adam I don't think Silver. there's like an NBA conspiracy. I don't think Adam Silver, a board of trustees, and a and a couple owners, because some of these owners would have to be in on it. So like, I don't think they're sitting in a room going, "All right, let's just make sure." no matter what, that Oklahoma City doesn't make the NBA Finals. Do you know what I mean? Right, like, Adam like, why, are the Knicks, why have the Knicks won the championship in 95,000 right. years? Right, Adam Biggest media market in, in the world. He's not sitting in a dark room in a chair watching basketball, pressing a button to signal to you know Bill Kennedy or whatever other ref. But you know what's say. more important? <laughs> what? Ask me if I'm rooting for that to actually be true. Because oh, I am. Because I want to watch that, that movie that would come out from this would be phenomenal. Who yeah. plays Adam Silver in that movie? Oh, man. Uh, it's well, this would the... actually focus probably more on David Stern at this point, right? I guess, yeah. It probably Who, be David Stern would definitely be played by uh, George John Costanza. Lovitz. Oh, John Lovitz. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. I always see him being more of a John Lovitz guy, and I'm ready for the John Lovitz comeback. I know we talked about Danny DeVito the other day, but get Danny DeVito would also be good as Davis. But you're right. John Lovitz is the right guy. Who Then who plays Adam Silver? Tony Dungy? <laughs> that's a pretty good one who's the dude isn't there a dude in like uh we're yeah. gonna have to go back a few the, decades the guy I, from house sure. of cards the bald guy who'd you say the guy from house of cards you ever see the first season of house of cards i don't watch house of cards he's in something else but he's bald in house of cards he would make a good adam silver didn't doesn't bill Hader do adam sandler for saturday night live or Adam Sandler. Hasn't, <laughs> hasn't he done Adam Silver? Shut up. It's it's not a great time for me right now. Hasn't Adam... I can't even freaking speak. Hasn't Bill Hader done Adam Silver for, for Saturday Night Live? Hasn't that happened? Uh, maybe, but you're right. Bill Hader is great, so he would work. Another one. I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm channeling... What was the movie? Uh, the Roger Rabbit movie from the 80s. Okay. Where Christopher, Christopher Lloyd... Lloyd played the bad guy and he was like all skinny and had the glasses i could see him doing adam silver yeah christopher that's 20 some years ago christopher lloyd's <laughs> a little bit different now 
<laughs> come on, we make people look young. I think they'll make it work. So I, I'm not, I, I think your John Lovitz one was great. Like I haven't heard John Lovitz's name forever. What was that show that he used to, the cartoon one? The Critic. Yeah, that, that I love that show. People hated it. I was a fan of The Critic. I was also a fan of The Tick. I don't think either of those got the love that they deserved, but I digress. Okay. <laughs> All right, Joe. Now that Jared digresses, let's move on. Let's pivot. Yeah, I, and let, let's definitely pivot, and let's do our favorite thing to do that we do on our Friday shows. <laughs> I'm a wordsmith. Let's do our NFL Week 14 picks. Week Joe 14 pick. NFL picks. I almost just said just four. Three I can't. weeks ago, we're making picks. Joe took the lead. Jared's awful. I can't scream too loud because people are sleeping in my house. And Joe gave up that we're doing a night show. No, it's early, early Friday morning. All right, this is awful. So, before we get into our week NFL, our week fourteen NFL picks, let's give <laughs> Neither you. Neither of us can speak. Nope, not doing well. Saw that let's crack we were a, doing before the show. Let's give you a standings <laughs> update. So, week thirteen wasn't so good for me. I actually went one and four last week, and my compadre Joe went four and freaking one. <laughs> That means the standings have been flipped. So after 13 weeks, I am 35 and 30. Joe, 37 and 28. Thank you. Holy, holy F. So it's time for me to, to reverse my fortunes and take back the lead, even though I don't feel so great about my picks for this week. But after all this garbage talking I'm doing, let's get into it. Wait, Joe, hold on. I want to tell you, I want to break the, the green curtain again. Okay. I, I won't mention the person, but uh, somebody asked me... Um, they were going through, you know, making gambling picks. And they go, well, I forgot, what would you pick on your podcast? I go, don't listen to me on my podcast. I go, I don't do any prep work for it. Jared does a ton of prep work. I just pick on the fly. <laughs> and, then he goes, and then he goes, why do you have as good as a record as Jared? And I'm like, I don't know. Poor Jared puts in all this work and we have the same record. It's been a bad few weeks for me. So I feel like I was like 32 and 23 at some point, And here I am, 35 and 30. Yeah, I had back-to-back really bad weeks, so congratulations okay. to you, though. You're hanging in there and not doing any prep for it, so good for you, I guess. I'm not even hanging in there. I'm, what, what's my record? I'm you're thought, crushing, dude. Yeah, you're I'm, nine games over. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a genius, man. I might as well, I'm, Rain, I'm Rain Man. All right, so that means everybody go spend your money on Joe's picks. Please Let's don't. get going. First pick we got, the Steelers traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Bills are one-and-a-half-point home dogs. Joe, who do you like in this game? Man, I can't believe the line is this close. I'm going Pittsburgh. Easy. Yeah, I kind of felt that way, too. Uh, the thing that really stuck out to me in this one, the Bills have allowed 42 completions on throws 15 yards or further down the field. That's tied no. for the most in the league. Guess what? Ben Roethlisberger has 42 completions on throws 15 yards downfield. So are you trying to say that he's going to throw 42 completions for 15, that's 15 yep. yards? The math That's on the that second, would be insane. That is the second most in the league, which is just ridiculous to me considering Ben Roethlisberger's missed time this season. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. The Steelers aren't as good on the road as they are at home, especially offensively, but they look like they're rolling. I think getting Ladarius Green really gives them such a boost. And again, I just I don't trust the Bills at all. So yeah, give me the Steelers in a one-and-a-half-point game. I, I like that a lot. Me too, a ton. Up. Up next, man, this is a tough one. We got the Cincinnati Bengals going to Cleveland to take on the winless Browns. The Browns are only getting six and a half points in this game. I'm going to go first. I don't know why. The Browns are probably, the Browns are starting Robert Griffin in this game, which to me is just nuts. I really I don't get it at all. But I'm still going with the Browns for some <laughs> dumb reason. The Bengals are going to win this game by like three scores, and I'm going to be so upset. But 
give me the Browns. This is like the the most winnable game of the season for them. I just feel like they have to at least be close. They have to lose by like three or something. Joe, what do you think? I'm totally with you. I'm, I'm unreasonably, <laughs> illogically going with the Browns. Um, because I didn't the, have any good stats for this one. I don't have any good reasons. Well, Adrian Green's still hurt. So, right. That's, Andy Dalton's been fine without him. For what it's worth, he has been fine without him. I mean, uh, he'd be he? better with him. Yes, he has been fine. Like fine, fine? Here we go. Andy Dalton. But tell me why you like the Browns. Well, because they have Terrell Pryor. How many players can you name on the Browns might be the fun thing to do, actually. All right, Terrell Pryor, Cody Kessler, Robert Griffin. Uh, you did this to me earlier in the season. I named, like, all ten of their quarterbacks, and that's what you're doing now, too. Go I, ahead, can, I, can, I don't think I can name a single. Is Joe Thomas still on the Browns? I don't think so. Was Joe Thomas ever on the Browns? <laughs> yeah, he was their number one overall pick, I feel like. Um, let me see who else. I got another running back. Is uh, Ruben Drone still the running back? <laughs> sure. All right, so last week, Andy Dalton completed 23 of 31 passes for 332 yards, two oh. touchdowns, no picks against the Eagles. The week before that, a tough matchup against Baltimore, threw for 283 yards and a touchdown. I mean, listen, it's, it's got to be hard not having A.J. Green out there, but he, he's been okay even without him. Was my point, but Fair still, enough. we're both but we're still picking against we're both them. picking the Browns. Good talk. That's Even though we can't combine, we can name ten players. That's what we do on this show. All right, up next, this is a game that's going to be big for you, Joe. Your Houston Texans at your Indianapolis Colts. Colts are six and a half point favorites. Joe, who do you like? Not poor Osweiler. Man, that guy stinks. I, I say this every time. Like, I don't know if there's another quarterback in the NFL that has more weapons at his disposal and does less with them than Bork Osweiler. Yep. Um, I also hate Andrew Luck because he sounds like a person that has marbles in his throat. Um, still have that marbles in his throat. And he's aged very poorly. I, there, I don't hate him. He so has. That's not a hot for him. take. Oh I feel bad God. for. I feel bad for him. Like, I don't. I don't hate him for. It. I just feel bad for him. I'm not anyone to talk about losing your hair or anything, but dude, just shave your freaking head. Oh yeah, well the beard doesn't help either. Like he looks like, like man, like I, I don't know how to put this politely, but he looks like he's, do it. Go he, in. He's like a drug addict. Yeah, maybe he is. I mean, he probably isn't because he's probably never even been within fifty feet of a drug in his life. Well, no, know. maybe he's on that what's a Toradol. Maybe he has to take a bunch of that stuff to be out ready for these games because he's it's hurt. Possible that would explain his voice. I think I have no idea. Dearest I Abigail, think... I don't even like those jokes on Twitter. By the way, the dearest Abigail jokes—they're a little funny. Dear mother, or it depends. Well, it depends on the quality of the twi- the Twitter user. Some right. of them are just dumb. Yep. Some oh, of them are so dumb. who am I picking? Uh... <sighs> Let's go with the Houston Texans. Why not? Wow, I thought you just picked the Colts. I literally wrote down Colts. All right, Joe's got Did, the I thought I didn't pick anybody. I think I just hired about Andrew Luck looking over like a crack addict. Marfan, yeah, you <laughs> did. Um, all right, I'm going to go with the Colts, actually, in this game. After allowing multiple touchdown passes just once over their first eight games, Texans have allowed multiple touchdown passes in four straight. Andrew Luck has thrown multiple touchdowns in six of his last eight games, including the four he threw against the Jets on Monday Night Football. Listen, the Jets are awful defensively. Texans haven't been that great since they lost J.J. Watt. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts to to cover this. And it's a lot of points. I don't really feel comfortable about it. But like you, I just have zero faith in Bork. And uh, even Lamar Miller hasn't been that great. I feel like he's getting hurt every single week. I just I don't I don't know what happened to this Texans team, but they've massively underachieved. And, yeah, man, give me the Colts. Fair enough, Batman. 
Awesome. Up next, we got the Seattle Seahawks. Up next. You have such a good radio voice. Up next. And it's really Thanks. good. I wasn't going for the Dari Noka, but you gave it to me. I don't know if you're familiar at all with Dari Noka, but he's, he's got, like, the greatest voice in all of broadcasting. He's like, I'm Dari Noka. Dari Noka was, like, the first broadcasting guy I ever worked with, and it was, like, the most surreal experience in my life. Well, I, I did a radio spot today, and the guy's name's TJ Rivers, right? And he is, like, a radio, radio voice, like a, like a legit one. And, uh, like, it's jarring. Like, I talked to him before I went on. And he's like, it's normal person voice. And now all of a sudden it's like, it's DJ Rivers. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like, it's how, crazy. I know, right? I wish I could channel, I could channel that. Like, now here's the thing. Like, if you're doing like a four-hour radio show, like, you can't be that for four hours. Like, you can't be like, up next, the Brooklyn Dodgers, which don't even exist anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> your first sports talk. We talk about sports for like three hours every week, and you're coming in here with the Brooklyn Dodgers. I don't know, but you know what I mean. Like you can't do that for four hours. Like I would love to be able to, like, like how we all, like I opened the show today. I wish I could come in with that, like, welcome to the relatively speaking podcast. But it would just come off like really hokey. You know what I mean? The harder part is also not even like the transitions, but like. And here comes Andy Reid. Andy Reid is walking out looking like a fat guy. Andy Reid. Like, everything you're saying. You know what I mean? Anyway, we're being so... I too, don't even, too self-aware? Extra. We're being very extra. So our next game, Seattle Seahawks going to Green Bay to take oh, on the Packers. Man. Packers are giving two and a half points at home. No, they're getting two and a half points. Correct. I don't know the difference between giving and getting. They are home dogs. The Green Bay Packers <laughs> are the underdog. Two and a half points. I guess I go first in this one. I really want to pick the Seahawks, but I'm not going to. I'm going to pick the Packers. I, this is going to be such garbage that I'm about to say. But they need it more. They just they need it more. Their defense. Their defense we really like, guess we need it more like three weeks ago. I, here I am. But I, here's the thing. We're at a time of the season where I think that that matters more. It doesn't. Um, their defense is a little bit better at home than they are on the road, and the Seahawks haven't been great on the road offensively. Really, though, I, I just I think this is a statement game for both teams. I think that we find out how good or bad Green Bay is in this game, and we find out if Seattle's going to be able to put it together on the road. I mean, they were really good a few weeks ago in New England against the Patriots, and then they come out and they lay that egg in Tampa Bay the next week. So I just I don't know which team this is, and I think we're going to find out this week. And uh, not having a lot of faith in the Seahawks being explosive, I'm going to go with the Packers. Joe, who do you like? Listen, um... I right. trend Seahawks in this game. Why am I picking the Packers? I'm though? picking the Packers as well. This is going. I'm going to ride the Packers now. I, I picked them last week. I'm going to ride them every time you put them into the thing anymore because I think Aaron Rodgers, I, I think he's found his group. Do you know he plays the guitar? I didn't, but I'd believe it if you told me it. He does. He plays the guitar. Um, that him. He had people over a couple weeks ago. I heard this on the radio. <laughs> Uh, he had people over a couple weeks ago, and they were jamming up his friends, and uh, they were just playing, and his one friend likes to play Nirvana, and the other friend likes to play Weezer, and the, the, the guy that was interviewing, I can't remember who it was, goes, well, does this make you feel old? Like, do people in the locker room make money? He goes, what do you mean? He's like, I mean, Nirvana was 20-some years ago, and Aaron Rodgers didn't get it. So I'm gonna, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep riding with Aaron Rodgers. Because I kind of feel that way too. Like when something like I make a reference and people are like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know." And they're like, yeah. "No, that that's like from 1992." I'm like, oh, that thing you do on our show all the time. Um, I, but yeah, I, I think I did make that reference earlier. Like, I'll make. I mean, I just so you know, a heads up, so I don't blindside you. 
I do have a question for you after we're done with this to close the show, and it's very awesome. Important. Okay. I'm glad that we're going to fit absurd questions. No, into. It, it, it is kind of it is absurd. We're not hitting the music, though. That much, too much editing work on me. I'll Fair enough. It. I don't hate it. Ugh. I'm like just sitting here wondering if I should go back on the Seahawks. I feel like this might no, be a really cool game, and they're going to want to run. All right, too late. I'm sticking with the Packers. Our last game, we're going to do the Monday Night Football game. Cue the Monday Night Football music. Dun! I don't know. I don't know. You have to do it. <laughs> I was just going to start doing like some random noises. It's Monday, and we play football. <laughs> Come on, you don't you know the Monday Night Football song? I'm not going to do the jingle again. If you, if you could do the say, jingle, if you, do the jingle. If you start the jingle, I'll be. I keep. I always forget it. I mean, it's like. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 you don't know that. Dun, dun, dun. I have to start it for you. Yeah, well, like I'm not very bright. I think, like, listen, kids, don't do what I did. But I partied hard for about 20 years, and the brain cells 20. don't really function, and I don't remember much. It was a good 20 years. All right, up next. Soil remotes. Our last game Congratulations, of the Congratulations, Jason Pat, who's getting married this weekend. Yeah, woo, big things Jason, man. That's awesome. But let, let's finish off strong, and then we'll, we'll talk about Let's try to talk him out of it. Yeah. No way. No way. Don't you dare do that. I'm getting married in like two months. You and I'm going to do the mouth. same to you. Baltimore Ravens. It felt really weird calling them the Ravens. I just wanted to say Baltimore <laughs> Orioles really bad just now. Do but it. the Baltimore Ravens, because they are a football team, will be playing the New England Patriots in the Monday Night Football game. This game will be played in New England. The Patriots are eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Joe, who are you going with and why? Well, listen, the the red-blooded American wants me to go with the Patriots because I'm very patriotic. However... A raven's a bird, and a raven can fly. No, I don't know. I'm just going to go with the ravens because I, I, I don't know how good New England is without Brock. That was the worst thing you've ever said on this podcast. I don't know. I don't know like, listen, every pick I made, being... I don't have actually have reasons. I pick... no, 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 no. The patriotic and raven flying thing is what I'm specifically speaking about. Did you think? Did you think that was funny when you like thought no, about things? No, I was trying. I was trying to fill like enough time so it wouldn't just be me going ravens. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I want to just do. I just want to go. Ravens, ravens fly. So all right. So wait, who did do you ravens pick? even fly? I because I don't know. Hey, you're, in the original cool. Metal Gear, there's a character named Raven, and she was pretty cool. Raven, the wrestler, was pretty cool too. That's right. Wait, so who'd you, who'd you pick? The Patriots? No, the Ravens. You picked the Ravens, Joe. I picked everything against like after like everything I believe in. I picked the opposite, except for the Steelers game. You're not patriotic. You changed. So we're going to have four out of the five games in agreement, because I'm also going to go with the Ravens here. Uh, the one thing that worries me about this game, though, 80.8% of the touchdowns scored against the Ravens have been passing. That's the highest mark in the league. Tom Brady's a machine. Even without Gronk, this team's been throwing the ball pretty well. Malcolm Mitchell stepped in pretty seamlessly. And you great. love Malcolm Mitchell. I love Malcolm Mitchell He's so on your fantasy team, I assume. He sure is. Yeah. Give me that money, Malcolm. <laughs> um, however, Baltimore allows the fewest red zone opportunities per game, just 2.4. So we're talking about 8.5 points here. I just I think the Patriots win this game. I don't think they win by more than 8.5. Did you so, see who the Patriots signed today at receiver? I did not. It doesn't matter what his name is, but guess what? He's a 5'9 white guy. No, they wouldn't. It, are you being serious? Yeah, it's Griff something from Stanford. He's like 28, he's 5'9", and he's white. Because of course he is. Of course his name is Griff, and he's white from Stanford and 5'9". Yeah. I'm not kidding either. I'm being dead serious. I saw it across my, uh, my Twitter timeline today. Griff Whalen. I thought it was Griff Whalen. Because there aren't any other Griffs. I, and I though. apologize. He's 26 and he's 5'11". He's listed as 5'11", which really means he's 5'7". But he is Man. white. 
you're not right. That's messed up. Wasn't Griff Whalen the one involved in the uh, last year when the Colts did that weird snap play where they had they just had the center so. with somebody taking the snap? Wasn't it Griff Whalen that took the snap? The worst play in NFL. Yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't his fault. That was the center's. Fault. No, it's not his fault. Of course, it's not his fault. His name's Griff. Nothing is his fault. All right, man, he's recap. had a weird year this year to end up cut by the Dolphins. Been cut by the Chargers, and now he's here about to catch 70 balls in like four weeks by the Patriots. Talk about falling upwards. All right, let's wrap this up. Just to go over our picks one more time, Steelers at Bills. Bills are one-and-a-half-point underdogs. We're both going with the Steelers. Bengals at the winless Browns, who are giving six-and-a-half points, or they're getting six-and-a-half points. Why do I keep putting myself in this position? They're six-and-a-half-point underdogs, all right? We're both going with the Browns for some reason. Texans at the Colts. (laughs) We're six-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going with the Colts. Joe, of course, is going with his Texans because he loves Brock Osweiler. Seahawks at Packers, who are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. Both of us are taking the Packers, me against my will. And then the Ravens at the Patriots, who are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. We both like the Ravens. Joe, what question do you have to ask me? Absurd mother-loving questions. Special <laughs> Friday I thought you were edition. Drop that there. No, I got uh, really excited. Okay, so... Um, again, I'm going to have to leave this person's name out of the conversation just to protect mm-hmm. privacy. Um, but he is Chris Nybar, our combat, combat sports writer. So um, I was looking at pictures of Rachel Lee Cook. Remember her? Yeah. <laughs> so of course I Rachel she, Cook. she's in my three people. It's like her. It's Richie. And oddly, the third person is Alexis Fidel. Um, Who's that? Gil- from Gilmore Girls. Wow! Look at you being topical. All yeah, right. Well, no, I, well, I always I, that used to be my guilty pro, pro, uh, guilty pleasure or whatever. But so whatever. So the I'm show going to, Gilmore Girls or Alexis Bledel? The show, and then Alexis kind of became my my crush or whatever. Interesting. But so I'm looking at I'm, I, I was I, here at how it honestly started. I wanted to see what movie Rachel Lee Cook was going to be in, if any, anytime soon. But I was thinking, hey, I haven't seen Rachel Lee Cook in anything in forever. So then I hit the images button. Because, you know, you got to see how she's doing in 2016. <laughs> and as I'm scrolling through the pictures, I notice somebody that that kind of looks like her, but, like, like younger looking. So I click on it, and her last name's Cook. So I'm like, oh, I, look, I went to her Wikipedia page, and I'm like, oh, they're not related. And I was like, oh, she's really attractive. So then, like, I read about her to see, like, she's apparently in a bunch of stuff. Her name's Olivia Cook. And then I felt like a super creep because I found out she was only 22. So, I had asked somebody. I sent the picture to somebody that's 24. I said, do you find it attractive? attractive? And he said, yeah. I go, okay, what's your plus minus? Like, how old are you willing to go and how young are you willing to go? He said, plus, mi- plus minus four, plus 10. He's 24. My pl- I always thought my plus minus was minus four, plus four. And now I feel like a creeper because I found a 22-year-old attractive. So what's your plus minus? What's the question? What, what's your plus minus? <laughs> oh, that's weird. I'm getting married in two months. I don't know. Um, if I were, like, are we talking about, like, dating? Or are we talking about, like, looking? This is like, a bad conversation. Like, like, until you feel like, like, listen, I legit, like, when I found out she was 22, I legit felt creepy for finding her attractive. I wouldn't feel creepy if I found a 22-year-old woman. But how, like, all right, pretend you were getting married. Like, how young this is, is... Why are you asking me this question? This because if your wife doesn't listen to this... I how, know, but 
people do it. I'm not trying to. This is like even defending myself makes me feel like I'm hey, a creep. Will you so. just buy in on the bet here? How young would you be willing to date? And how old would you be willing to date? All right. So the youngest I'd probably date. For context, is, Jared is 32. I'm 31. I'm 31. I'm sorry. I thought you were 32. My bad. I don't know. It's hard, man. Like, I, I really, if I was going to date somebody, like, we're talking about girlfriend, like, make them my girlfriend. Yeah, like how? Yeah, how young would you? Uh, be? I don't know. The youngest would probably be like twenty six or twenty seven. If I'm going to date somebody, oldest I'd go. Uh, I'm not trying to judge anybody. I don't know, man. This is it's such a weird question. I, what if I have like a great connection with someone who's like forty five or? 50? Well, that's fine. But I'm just saying in general, man, you're way overthinking. Who? Who? Yeah. Well, it's a it's a serious question. I'm not going to give you a thoughtless answer and make myself look like a creep in the process. I don't get down like that. I'm a thoughtful man. No, you're just talking about having a love connection with a 45-year-old woman. You're talking about feeling creepy because you found a 22-year-old woman attractive. Well, I was trying to give the context that I always thought I was a plus four or minus four guy. And I don't I, know about this whole plus minus thing. It's just crazy to me. You introduced me to all these weird hypotheticals. Then you refuse to answer them. <laughs> yeah, because I never thought about this. I've never. I think I never this, is a, I think this is a normal man, like a normal guy. I bet your women do it too. Like I think there's. Like I especially like as like I'm I'm older than you, I'm thirty three. As I've gotten older, I found it's weird because like I always thought like I would never find women in their mid thirties or late thirties attractive, but I do now. But what I'm finding is most women in their early twenties I find less attractive for some reason. Interesting. Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah. Is it and it's yeah. weird. So that's I thought like I was like now she's obviously a movie actress and very beautiful, so like she's like an exception to the rule. But generally speaking when I see somebody that's like 24 or something, I'm like, like they could be pretty and I can think they're pretty, but I would never think the way I used to think about them. Do you know what I mean? I don't, to be completely honest. I just don't. I don't get I'm, it. I I'm don't a, even I'm understand. A, I'm aged out of young people, man. I got old. Uh, apparently, that's what the segment's about, and I think that's cool. I think that's fine. Uh, I spend plenty of time around people of all ages, so I don't think I really aged out of anybody yet, but uh, when I get there, I'll let you know. Maybe this is like a 33-year-old thing. And maybe I just don't get it. Maybe I'm I'm not maybe I'm not mature enough. Maybe you didn't age out anybody, but you're gonna age in. I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I just don't want to say you, something. You couldn't you couldn't you couldn't let that sit there. That was a good creepy job. It was, and that's why I felt I needed to speak immediately. No, you gotta <laughs> let it sit. We're at like the forty nine minute mark of podcast. Nobody's listening at this point. Break. Um <laughs> shout out to Griff Whalen. We're really glad that you signed with the Patriots. If you win a ring, it'll make everybody forget about that dumb thing you did last year because Chuck Pagano's the worst and he told you. It's to not do his it. fault, it was the centers. Uh, it's Chuck Pagano's fault. Also, shout out to Jason Pat, man. Jason Pat is our editor at NBA uh, fan rag because <laughs> it's not today's fast break anymore. So at, at our fan rag NBA section, Jason does an awesome job. He's a great editor to work for. Shout out to him. Congratulations to the lucky woman that'll be marrying him. Joe, you got any other shout outs you want to give? Uh, no, congratulations to Jason. Like you said, he's a great editor. He's a really good dude. Uh, talented. Um, congratulations to him and his soon-to-be wife. I would also like to shout out. I have nobody else to shout out. You really went into it like you did. How about a shout-out for Luke Kennard? That's your boy, Joe. I wrote about him again. Yeah, he's on... Listen, I, 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 we're not going to go on the tangent because it's getting late in the pop. I just want to say, had he came into the season with Grayson Allen's hype, guess who would be a front-runner for the National Player of the Year? Luke 
mother flipping canard. Well, I agree be. with you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if he had that hype, he would be because he's playing out of control. Well, you know, and Duke, you know, it's funny. The right now, the front runner is probably Fred Mason. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Well, everybody else you're is probably. everybody else. All the rest of the preseason guys have kind of. I don't want to say they play bad, but like Grayson Allen's already played himself out of the out of the conversation. He's not- he can definitely get back into it because, unfortunately, it's the type of thing where he's putting up fine counting stats. So he's still like a fifty. His efficiency numbers are so awful. 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 All right. And so Nobody many. No, no, you're gonna listen to me now. It's <laughs> so many of the guys that are good that are also putting up counting stats. Their efficiency numbers are humorously high. Like we were discussing it about it today at work about guys that I'm gonna blank on other names, but like four of the guys we talked about that are scoring like 19 to 25 points a game. They're all shooting like forty-eight percent from three. Word, there you have it. Good stats, Joe. Word from your shout mom. Out. I came to drop bombs. I got more shout lines. To... Your father got signs. Pick up, hey, drop. Hey, hey. I don't know the rest of the words. I didn't know if those were the words. Sounded pretty legit to me. Shout out to Tyreek Hill and the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs. Big win oh, for them. Oh yeah, Tyreek Hill, man. He's our boy. Tyreek Aleek. All right, Joe. What'd you say? I said Tyreek Aleek. And then I said, all right, Joe, you have a great weekend, my friend. You too. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hugs. Follow me on Twitter <laughs> at jmincehoops. Really, though, I'm going to thank you guys again. Thank you for listening because this show was off the rails. <laughs> Joe, tell the people where they could find you on Twitter. We talked about drugs a lot, and I'm pretty sure people think we're high right now. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Joseph Nardone, N-A-R-D-O-N-E. I write about stuff at fanragsports.com. I also get retweeted by famous people, which transitive property makes me famous. So if you're listening, you're welcome for me allowing you to listen to me being famous talking to you. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) All around me are familiar websites, worn out click. Worn out hot takes Bright and early for the daily link dumps No one's clicking No one's clicking Their pupils are filling up their pockets But not for writers Not for writers Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow No tomorrow No tomorrow And I find it kind of funny I find it kind of sad The internet in which I'm worthless Is the best I've ever had I find it hard to tell you I find it too hot to take When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. Mad world.